You guys, welcome back. We are studying chapter two of Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. We also have a special guest today, Woo! so we're so excited. Um, we're glad that you could join us on Sundays at 7. Okay, guys. Um, we have a special guest today. <laughs> One of my favorite people in the world, oh, if wow. not my favorite, oh besides Caitlin. We are so excited. Welcome, Michael Vickery. Woohoo! Hello, everybody. <laughs> Michael's that waving so his hands. Awkward. He's waving his hands like he's waving to a camera. <laughs> oh, no. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> This is embarrassing already. No, no it's, it's going to be so great. We're so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Here's what, <laughs> here's what we're actually doing right now. So we're actually having Friendsgiving tonight. We are recording this on a Sunday. We're dedicated. Like this has never happened. Yeah, we're true. always recording at a, you know, last time we recorded like Wednesday night at 11. Oh gosh. When it was like a 45 minute oh, long podcast. Oh, we just kept talking. Oh. I know. Um, but we're doing, good. we're doing Friendsgiving and Michael is here. <laughs> <laughs> he just put our turkey in the oven. He was like doing all the and that was a whole ordeal. Listen, tell you. I don't know if y'all ever made a turkey, but whoa, the stuff that comes out of the turkey <laughs> is really gross. <laughs> Michael braved it for us, it's so we're be thankful. So good. Hopefully, <laughs> I shouldn't be on this. <laughs> what are y'all doing? Oh gosh. Um. Okay. So last week. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about chapter one, which is kind of the story of Francis's life and where he's been and how he took his family across seas and then they moved back. And we left you with a couple questions. Um, one being, when has, when has the time that you've ever really relied on Jesus? <clears throat> the second question that we asked was, do you feel obligated to follow God or do you desire to follow mm, that's him? Good. That was good. And we talk a lot about that just because, like we mentioned in the first podcast, we both kind of reached a point in our lives where it was not an obligation anymore. It was a desire. That's when it changed for me. Have you ever experienced that, Michael? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, as I was listening to y'all's podcast, I was surprised to hear y'all's stories because you all both grew up in the church and I didn't really start going to church until the end of my senior year. And that's when I started to really get a relationship with God is whenever I went to college. So it was kind of similar, you know, I had to get to that age where I followed God on my own versus through friends or other people telling me what I should do. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Michael cannot handle being on this podcast right now. <laughs> but he's doing so good. He is. Oh, thanks. It's going to be so great. <clears throat> Okay, so this week we're talking about um, things that are sacred. Mm -hmm. and I want to look up the definition of what sacred is. Oh, yeah, you should for sure. <laughs> okay, the definition of sacred is an adjective. Oh, okay. And it's connected with God or dedicated to a religious purpose and so deserving. Oh, veneration? Oh, I've never heard that word. I hope that's how you, you say it. You don't know veneration? <laughs> Whatever, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically like connectedness with God. Yeah. Like, rev I feel like it's something that's revered or like... Right. You know, mm. reverence. Has reverence around it. Yeah. <clears throat> something that's super important. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like almost... It's kind of like the sun a little bit. You know, it's like the sun is great. It provides us with this light. 
and it, but it's so hot and it's so like we like can't go near it mm-hmm. you know you know how important it is and you know like how it gives everything life but you can't you can't go near it right mm-hmm. so um but we wanted to talk about the, when they open this chapter Francis Chan opens this chapter um by telling the story of Uza he was a guy who was transporting the ark of the covenant and they were putting, they put it on a cart and they were riding. And in 2 Samuel 6, it talks about how the cart hit a pothole and Uzzah touched the ark because he was trying to make sure that it didn't fall off. But God forbid anyone to touch the ark. And so God killed him. It was sacred. It was, yeah. He forbid anyone to touch it because it was sacred. It's where God dwelled, it was mm. in the ark of the covenant, right? Yeah. And so. Uzo was trying to save the ark and God killed him. And a lot of people are like, well, I wonder why. Like, he was just trying to save the ark. He was just trying to help Jesus. I actually learned from a friend of mine um, that when they were, they actually disobeyed God in the first place. They were supposed to maybe carry the ark. They weren't supposed to put it on a cart. And mm. so already, like, I guess I wasn't mad at them, but he was kind of like, you're disobeying me from the beginning by not caring. Mm. I think, I'll have to look up where I've heard that. Um, but another, I read another article today saying um, maybe it was like his heart or something, and he deep down wanted to touch the ark. And oh. so, like, possibly, like, he swayed the thing, the cart into On the pothole. Yeah, so that he could touch the ark. Interesting. But those are all kind of, it doesn't actually say that in the Bible, you Conspiracy know. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so crazy. And there's another story. Um, one that really stood out to me was the story of Moses and how God told him to speak to the rock and he actually struck the rock and water came out. But since he disobeyed God, he was not allowed into the promised land. And I think that was so crazy because how many mistakes do we make on the daily? Mm-hmm. And how many times do we disobey God? And, like, how are, like, what are our consequences? Well, these, like, the stories that he mentions at the beginning seem outrageous because we think, oh, they just made, like, a small mistake. Like, why would, right. you, why would they be punished in that mm-hmm. way? But it's the whole, like, theme of the whole chapter is it's because we don't understand what the word sacred means. Like, right. as humans, our minds can't, like, wrap around the idea of something being connected to God or like dedicated to God. And we don't understand the reverence around that. Like we live in like a, he says, we live in a human centered world among people who see themselves as the highest authority. So when we hear stories like that, we don't understand like, like the term sacred is something kind of foreign to us. It's, it's right. It's more than we can comprehend kind of, I feel, because we think we're the highest authority in our culture. Yeah. And I think it's a heart issue too. Like all of these things, even like he talks in, uh, he talks in here, it says, Paul told the Corinthians that Corinthians, that many of them were sick and some even had died because they celebrated communion in an unworthy manner. If Paul wasn't exaggerating, could be, could we be one sip away from death? Mm -hmm. I think it's a heart issue kind of back with Uzzah or whatever and his heart, like what were his intentions and what were Moses's intentions and what were our intentions when we take communion? Like where does our heart lie? Is it lying to us or is it, you know, is it lie? And also these like sacred things remind us that there's something greater than this world. Right. Than what we have here on earth. Like these stories show like these things are sacred and there's something bigger and better than what we have here. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I think a lot of times our issues are that we just rush into all these things. Ooh. Because we think that we kind of know what we're doing. When in reality, we just don't understand, like you said. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a quote in here that I underlined. It said, so we frantically follow the pattern of the world and ignore the fact that God calls us to act differently. Mm-hmm. You can't rush into things that are sacred. You can't no. rush um, the power of God. And that's our culture. Man, this this was really big for me in my life. Like, I wanted to rush everything. I wanted to, you know, because I thought the faster I get there, the faster my I can make an impact, you know. But it doesn't that way yeah and I feel like I'm the same way even I just rush throughout my daily life Mm -hmm. you know doing random things I feel like I'm always rushing and the reason I'm always rushing is because not that I don't have enough time I'm just impatient you Mm -hmm. know so when I'm sitting and not doing anything I feel like I need to rush to do something Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's okay to sit and relax and kind of try to just understand like what things are and Mm -hmm. what's going on marvel in the moment Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. We just, uh, I'm going to talk about this song. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we just went on a retreat. All three of us did. Yeah. Oh, because we're leaders at our church. And so we went on this retreat. Was that last weekend? That feels like yeah. years ago. Yeah. It feels ago. like, yeah, forever ago. <laughs> oh, but anyways. I feel like I slept like 10 hours when I got back. Oh, yeah. I was so I tired. I needed to. <clears throat> anyway, I was also Cajun was up all hours of the night. <laughs> I, I was listening to this song that I'm about to tell you about. Um, so we sang this song called Seasons by Hillsong and it's kind of about this whole process of waiting and the process and um, the lyrics to the song I think it's one of the best lyrically written worship songs that I've heard in a long time it's kind of Christmassy which is appropriate for this time of year but um, some of the lyrics at the very very beginning say it's talking about obviously the seasons of life and it's kind of talking about the winter season when you're kind of in a season of drought or when things in your life kind of seem dead or stagnant um it says oh how nature acquaints us with the nature of patience like a seed in the snow i've been buried to grow and this is the part um for your promise is loyal from seed to sequoia and what's really cool about obviously they're talking about sequoia trees right what's really cool about sequoia trees that turn into these massive like humongous trees that i think they're in yellowstone is that right the park I looked up it on Google today. You did? Yeah, they're huge. They're huge. They're giant. Like, you have to like think, huge trunks. You have to think that comes from a seed. You know what I mean? And what's cool about sequoia trees, which is kind of unrelated to what we're talking about, but also is really cool, is they have to have all the seasons in order to be able to grow, especially mm. the winter. Oh, like I didn't they, know that. They have to have the harshness of That's winter. That's not unrelated at all. In order to be able to grow. <laughs> and so, like, this idea, like, I don't think... Everything on earth is a metaphor for what God wants us to do with our lives. But this metaphor of like something go- going from a seed to a humongous sequoia tree is also like parallels our life. Like sometimes things are a seed and we have to like go through the processes and seasons of life in order to become a sequoia tree. Right. You know, and, like, wow. We, just we should rush just end the podcast there. Everything. so good. We rush everything. We don't ever want to take, take time to go through the process. And that's kind of what I think he's saying here. Because we don't understand what sacred means because we rush everything. We don't ever take time to just sit in the moment and grow in the moment, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the song Seasons is in the at the end, and he says, you could have saved us in a second, but instead you chose a child. Oh, yes. And I think that, you know, everything y'all are saying is just so connected, and I think, like, if it's something that we do or something we want, you know, we're not patient with it, it's something we want now. Mm. So, like, I could just imagine you're, like, hanging with Jesus, and you're like, Jesus, why don't you just do this now? In fact, I even think at one point in time they were asking him to do things now, and he's like, it's not my time, it's not my time you know so even people with jesus are 
impatient and they want things to just happen right. and i think this is what we do with our lives but god needs those seasons we need those seasons because that's what's going to help us grow and help us uh, to become ready and prepared for what god is bringing to us mm-hmm. absolutely and they even talked about on the retreat how um they didn't like they said they could he could have saved us in a second but instead he sent a child who also takes nine months of pregnancy mm. and that's a thing that you have to wait also like <clears throat> it goes on to say which this part really convicted me because it kind of relates to the whole patience thing sort of in a way but he says there's no greater honor on earth than to be a part of god's church mm-hmm. and like if you really think about like like the church as a whole is sacred, you know, and like, do we approach it that way? Do we walk through the doors like thinking that like it is such an honor for me to even be able to step foot in these doors and to be a part of like Christ church and, you know, a God who is the savior of the universe, like calls me a part of his body. Mm. Like, do I understand the significance and like the reverence of that? I don't, I don't know. And like, then it got me, me and my mom were talking about this. Um, we are talking about like, do we ever get, as humans, like, awestruck or, like, amazed or sit in wonder at anything? Do we ever, like, marvel at anything? We, I don't... It's, like, hard for me to pinpoint times when I'm, like, wow, I just was awestruck by that. Or, like, I was just marveling at that because it was so mm-hmm. blank, you know? And I think, like, the devil uses numbness or, like, uh, mundanity mm. or just, like, the same feelings like no feeling at all to uh, like he uses that like we never just sit like dumbfounded or awestruck at something and that that then bleeds into our faith like Mm. we just have a numb faith you know and i also think this got me thinking and i think this needs to be a book title (laughs) katon loves coming with book titles song titles everything (laughs) and then i never write them never write songs or books but i have titles for them (laughs) um but like we live in like a scrolling culture Right? Like we scroll on our phones. We have this like scrolling mentality and like everything is just the same. Like we never, it's just numb. And that's what we succumb to is like, and we don't realize the reverence and like the sacred that we're stepping into Mm. as being a part of the church body. We just become numb. It was very convicting for me when we were reading this book, whenever we were talking about the sacredness of it. And he does talk about the communion as Caitlin just had read. And for me, like, I think that's what happened to me. I just kind of got in that routine, you know, that scrolling mentality, even with just going to church every Sunday and going up to take communion. And you kind of just forget that you need to take a second and really thank God for who he is and um, what he's done and what that means, um, you know, and praise him in that moment. And after we were reading this, it really convicted me. And not only did I have to, like, reflect in my own life, but I was able to just start witnessing the church, you know, that we're a part of and just watch as people would go up, you know, laugh, go up, take it and just go back to laughing mm-hmm. again. And he also talks about Ananias <clears throat> and Zephyrah, Zephyrah, and uh, about them keeping money for themselves. And I think um, in the season we're in right now, this is like really important that we need to understand the importance of giving mm-hmm. and not holding back and, um, you know, truly giving with a joyful heart. Because again, this isn't stuff that we were able to get on our own. This is all God's anyway. So mm-hmm. we're just able to bless him with a little bit of what he's given us in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, and approaching that as something sacred and something yeah. way more than, than just what happens here on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 
we're connecting ourselves to something higher when we give, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've been reading in uh, Leviticus and oh, Numbers. Fun. I know. Listen, Leviticus. Anyways, um, it's so crazy to me. One of the main things I've learned, it's really hard to read those because they're, it, it's like repetitive and it's kind of like all the sacrifices, like the burnt ones and the peace offerings and the sin <laughs> offering and all of these things. And it's so crazy. But the main takeaway that I like learned was just to be grateful that Jesus came and mm-hmm. that we don't have to do any of that anymore, but that we can have a one-on-one relationship with mm-hmm. him because like things back in the old days when Moses was, you know, leading the people through the desert and he was doing all the offerings and stuff like that. Like it, the uh, rules and the regulations that they had to do, cause it, it was so sacred. The temple was so sacred that they built like when they first built the temple, Moses even wasn't allowed to go into it. And it's just because it was such a sacred place. But now, like when we are in a place where we don't have that visual sacred temple in front of us, like we have it in us, we forget it. Lose it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so reading Leviticus really kind of set my mind back into being grateful and thankful that, you know, we don't have to offer a bull one year old and a two lambs and it's just so crazy what they had to go through Mm -hmm. and I just this kind of relates to this part that I like it says um so in the church rather than marveling at the incredible mystery that we are a part of God's body we critique the leadership the music the programs anything else we can think of so instead of just like you know approaching this sacred thing we keep ourselves busy by Mm -hmm critiquing everything when we're just like missing it we're missing the missing the point right it just goes back to how like we want our voice to be heard Mm -hmm. and like the world says like speak quickly speak loudly like try to get your voice heard you have a platform thinking we're the highest authority right Mm -hmm. exactly when in reality Mm -hmm. that's not true like the way that we live should not correlate with the way the world tells us to live Mm -hmm. and it's so hard because when you're sitting in a group of people and people are kind of feeding off of each other you have to be so careful you know, about what is said and... And I feel like that, like, going back to what I just read, like, the critiquing thing is, like, a moment-by-moment choice because it so easily creeps in, like, mm-hmm. while you're... It's just natural for us to do in the church today is just to critique everything, you know? Right. Especially kind of... This kind of sounds bad, but if you've grown up in church, you know what I mean? Or Right. I don't know. It's just, it just happens. And that has to be... It's not like even a daily choice it's like a moment by moment choice where you have to take those thoughts captive oh yeah (laughs) it just kind of goes back to to what you said about scrolling and how we're the scrolling culture like we're scrolling and we're critiquing all these posts Mm -hmm. that everyone put puts on social media and so it almost just comes natural for us to critique everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's sad because there are a lot of things going on in the leadership of our church that we just don't know about and we don't understand mm-hmm. and we don't have any right or reason to even mm-hmm. and we're you know, just critique. like cheapening the sacred experience of church by critiquing all this stupid stuff right you know like we're just cheap thinking it. we know better we're like completely yeah LOL. we're missing it we don't you know? know nothing like that's that's muddies the water of like the sacredness of the church because we are concerned about the lights and the whatever you know mm. Mm. you have anything to add michael I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you all are saying. And I just think that, that at one point in time, though, there is a, you know, there are appropriate, you know, ways of approaching it. And I think it's a timing thing as well as a, 
I don't know the word to use, behavior, like your motivation and the way your actions are. Like whenever you are approaching someone to like speak to them about an issue. Oh, your intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intention. Intention. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's important as well to just speak up about, you know. Yeah. Because I think there... That's true. There is like a fine line, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Because you do have a voice, you know, and but... It's just people abuse their voices You're right. a lot. And then, like as we're sitting here, we're, y'all are talking about it. I'm like trying to think of a scenario where people would understand. And I think it would be like if you were in a room and, you know, this is like if you were going to do it the right way. If you're in a room and you're with like the president and Ooh. he's speaking, you're not just going to go run your mouth off and start saying what's wrong about this and that, you know, in that moment and at that time. Right, you're gonna sit there, and you're not just gonna sit there and twiddle your thumbs and look at your phone. You're gonna be eyes focused, paying attention, present. and listening. Present, yes, you're gonna be present. Now you can take that, and you can be respectful with it. And even if you don't agree with everything the president or whoever is saying in that moment, you're still gonna be respectful. And there may be an opportunity later on for you to approach them with mm-hmm. the proper motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. Speak to them about it. <clears throat> And this ju- this isn't just a problem in the church either. Mm-hmm. It's a problem in a lot of our own relationships and friendships and circles and communities. You know, our main topic here on this podcast is community and how important it is and how, I mean, maybe we do. We cheapen community by just trying to make sure our voice is heard and not being patient with other people and their opinions, mm-hmm. you know? And checking our intentions with what we do. Yeah, with like, where's your heart? Yeah. That is big. Uh, that seems to know all of this, even with the Uza, like what Kayla was saying. Like, I don't know for sure if that was right, but, you know, I'd like to think that was right because that would make it make sense for me that mm-hmm. his intention was he just wanted to touch it. So he did this mm-hmm. to make himself be able to right. touch it. And I guess sometimes only God truly knows yeah. our true intention. Yeah. So that makes it even more <laughs> like, makes me even want to check them more because God knows my intentions. Right. And that's right. really all that matters, you mm. know. So I love how in here, I can't remember where. Oh, here. I just flipped to it. How crazy. <laughs> it talks about in 1 Peter 2, 5 that we are described as living stones. And I think that's so crazy because back when Moses was leading the Israelites and they had to build that temple and there was a physical temple in front of them. Like since Jesus has come and saved us and died on the cross and defeated death, we are all stones of the temple. We are where God resides you know he doesn't reside in a specific place anymore he resides within us mm-hmm. and we are all the living stones of the temple that's cool yeah and like that goes back to the what we were talking about earlier like when was the last time you were awestruck by the fact that you were part of christ's body like do we really understand the sacredness like the reverence of that like right. are we stepping into that and how would the church change if all of us stepped into that mm. like you know, that I'm the, what is it, a stone of the Living temple? stone. A living stone of the temple? Yeah, oh like gosh. what would that look like for you to just picture yourself that way? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't step into those, don't tap into the gifts that they have because maybe they aren't like confident enough or, you know, they have all these reasons. But it literally describes us in the Bible as living stones. That's cool. And that's like our mission, you know. It goes mm-hmm. along with our mission to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. Gosh, this book. Whew. This book is good. Can you imagine watching fire come down from heaven? Can you imagine? I can try. <sighs> I hope like us going through this book encourages you all to God and read it. And everyone has their own opinion of the book, but it just brings up really important topics. I feel like that are people have been too scared to discuss before. And it just, 
you can have your own opinion about the book itself, but it's just the book. It just brings up so many good things to talk about. It's gonna make you think, and mm. at yeah, least it's very convicting. Yes, especially I love community. Like even mm-hmm. in our small community that we have, you know, with us three and other people, <laughs> it's just in our community. It is, has brought up so many important things for us to talk about as people who are, you know, living stones of the church right did you hit on where he talks about in there about the living stone but he talks about like whenever you're like bashing it oh the sledgehammer yeah that kind of goes back to what you were talking about how you know we um we like critique the leadership we critique all these people are doing and when you do that it's like basically taking a sledgehammer to god's temple mm. because mm. that person is also a living stone Ooh, i love that and so I don't, it's just, it's such a fine line, like Michael said, because you want to be able to kind of share what's on your heart, but also, I don't know, like, are you, take, are you taking a sledgehammer to the temple, you know? Right, there's just an appropriate way of approaching someone. I mean, this isn't just for the church, like as church, we're each members, so this right. is just how you're approaching people in general, the body, right? And, I mean... Even with a friend, like, you you know whenever you're coming at your friend if you're doing it in the right way or not. You mm-hmm. know in your heart if you're if there is malintention behind that or if you're doing it genuinely for the good of that person and to glorify God for the good of the church as a whole. And I, I think that's a big thing. And oftentimes we can even deceive ourselves and thinking we're trying to do something to help but we know the way we're approaching yeah it's just not right Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that's a personal Mm -hmm. choice to check yourself on that you know that's another moment by moment thing i feel Mm -hmm. like we think i go through life day by day no i think it's moment by moment yeah and that's and that's just another situation in which you know you need to be patient with your time the seasons thing because maybe there is an issue but you can't just address it immediately you have to let some you have to let that harsh winter yeah you Mm -hmm. have to get through the harsh winter yeah or the sweltering summer Mm -hmm. (laughs) or the droughty (laughs) spring Spring isn't droughty. It's raining all the time. Isn't that a rain drought? Is that a... Okay. (laughs) Um, Here's the main thing that I kind of took away from this chapter too is that we have done nothing to deserve being a living stone. We have done nothing to deserve being in the temple. It is all through Jesus' invitation and through his sacrifice that we have are allowed. Mm -hmm. We are allowed to be the place where God rests on earth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... Like, that's, like, a, an honor given to us, and we just, like, crumble it up like a piece of paper and throw it in the Take garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I, It just definitely paints a new perspective, mm-hmm. like, when you think about it like that. Mm-hmm. I think the one of the main things I got from this chapter is th- this whole, like, sacred thing and, and approaching, like, my quiet time with this sense of, like, wonder, like, curiosity mm-hmm. and... Instead of like, kind of like we talked about last week, which is a running theme always for me, is like not it just being a routine. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yes. I want to be like, I want that question. When was the last time you were awestruck about? Like, I want to be able to have an answer for that, and like, and to be so like excited and awestruck about being a part of God's body that it like puts a fire in me to go out and do something about it. Yeah. Know? And for me, this chapter, I mean, I remember when I read the book in the first place, this chapter just hit me differently because, you know, I just realized how 
you know, meaningful and serious and sacred taking communion, just a simple task taking communion was. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this just is just a good reminder and something that even after you've like read it, like going back and reminding yourself that we need, you know, as Christians, we get in these weekly routines and, you know, it can just become I don't even know the word complacent complacent yes and so this having this reminder is good because you have to make it sacred you have to try to find the wonder the awestruck moment in these little things mm-hmm. um, and I recently had a conversation with someone in our church about prayer and that's um, another thing you said talks about as being sacred yeah <laughs> and you know I remember when we were reading this book I I try to be more intentional about my prayer time and then just over time you know I kind of get back in that complacent day-to-day walk and it's I don't put it I don't hold it to the standard it needs to be held to and in my life and after that conversation with this person um, you know I could see a huge change in their life because they've been putting prayer first in their life and you can see the change in their life and how you know it does not only affect them it affects everyone they work with and everyone Mm. they're around and so like just that little reminder to do that at the past couple weeks has been really huge for me and I I can see a difference and you know putting God number one again and just that little switch Mm -hmm. right but there are so much things so many things in our life that are sacred that we just need to Mm -hmm make sacred again yes and it's just a reminder that we are connected to something bigger than ourselves and like this world is like this little kingdoms that we're building are just not the true kingdom and that we Mm. need to connect ourselves to the true kingdom and i feel like absolutely everything changes you know i heard from uh, ben stewart one time he's one of my favorite pastors he said if you're gonna be a source of light you have to be attached to a source of light Mm -hmm. if you're not attached to a source of light and you're trying to be a source of light you're just sucking the life out of everyone around you Mm -hmm. and it's so yeah ben stewart listen look him up he's the best (laughs) but it's so i mean it's true it's so true it's like we we've definitely cheapened something sacred and that's how he ends it and i love it yeah he ends the chapter with that we have cheapened something sacred and we must repent Mm. golly Mm -hmm. i just have so much i could say it's just we tried not to make this uh, podcast as long as last week (laughs) we're 30 minutes so okay that's good but just a little something to listen to on your way to work you know yeah for sure Please read this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it is a ten just, out of ten recommended. Just a perspective. It gives you a perspective. yeah. It allows you to zoom out. Mm, I love that phrase. That's another book title. Zoom out. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, I I think that we should ask this question at the end of our podcast. We like to ask questions to our viewers to kind of you know keep them thinking throughout the week. And there's a question that's kind of it's like a reoccurring thing. Um, when was the last time that you have been completely awestruck by God and His presence? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a question as much of a challenge. You know, like you're going into this next week, the things that are sacred, such as prayer and communion and um, just reading your scripture, like, take don't take it lightly, you know. Go to it and, again, putting God at the place where he is at the very top and remember um, that he calls these things sacred for a reason and don't take it flippantly don't take it lightly yeah. mm-hmm. for sure um there's another there's a verse too that verse of the week 
verse of the week. Um, it's Ephesians 5.32. It says, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ in the church. Mm. And then it goes on to say kind of what Caitlin said earlier. It said, slow down long enough to marvel. Yes, mm. I love that. That goes back to that song, too. Yes. No, just that song. That song is Can good. you, like, tag it at the end? Yeah, I play the whole song. Gosh, from sea to sequoia. And we need every season of life to become that sequoia tree. Mm-hmm. I am just awestruck in this moment. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay, guys, we have to go baste our turkey. Oh my god! Thank you all so, so much. For thank you, Michael, Thanks, for coming Michael! on our podcast. That was so fun. <laughs> um, and we will catch you next week on Sundays, Sundays at seven. Wait, no, can I do it since I'm just a guest? Can I do that part with you? Yeah, yeah, ready. One more, one more time. And we will catch you next week on. Sundays at 7. Bye, guys.